Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and somehow they gave me the privilege of being named Director of Local Ministries right here at True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, 104.1 The Fish, and even 93.1 L Ray. And if you want more information on our upcoming Experience Israel trip with Alistair Begg and Georgine Rice and Chris Kelly from The Fish, or you want to find out more about possible sponsorships of upcoming events like Fish Fest or Reventone, just shoot me an email, Mike Lee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. One of the other hats I am very privileged to wear is I sit on the board of the Christian Chamber of Commerce of the Northwest. Many of the strongest, most lasting relationships I've had have actually come from the Christian Chamber of Commerce, which is going through a bit of a revision phase right now. And here to talk all about not only the Christian Chamber, but about her own business, Agile Northwest, Agile Business Services, my dear friend, Wendy Jones. How are you today, Wendy? I'm good. Thank you, Mike. First of all, thanks for coming out and joining us. I think it's impressive that you are the head of a local software development company focusing on building applications, not only for the web, but for mobile devices as well. So how has it been going from more of a computer programming company to one that's added the inevitable mobile apps. I mean, think about it. Are we at any given moment closer to anything else? Well, hopefully we're closest to God, but that phone's kind of unfortunately way up there. I mean, is your phone really ever more than three feet from you at any given moment? You know, that's a good point. It it isn't, right? I mean, um, I think uh, the older generation has gotten used to having it more closely than we used to. But if you look at our kids and our grandkids, they've got their phones with them all the time. They use them for their alarms. They use them for their reminders. They look anything up on the web they want to look up. And they really use it in their daily lives all the time. And more and more we're seeing in the business community the need for being able to do things on the web, both on your mobile device, your smaller mobile phone, as well as on your tablets and your computer sitting on your desktop. So it's really quite important that the software that gets built for your businesses is easy to access both on a large screen as well as a small screen. So as the founder and president and CEO of Agile Northwest, tell us how you got started in the business in the first place. Well, it's interesting. I was actually in healthcare. I spent uh, almost 15 years in healthcare. And in the middle of that process, I was in charge of all the billing across all the companies. And I happened to run into the owner in the hallway. And she said, by the way, we got that new large cl- contract we've been waiting for. So our billing is going to double in the next six months. And I thought, how am I going to get that accomplished? We're all staying up till midnight now trying to get this billing done. It was a very manual process. It was a very laborious process. And she says, oh, you'll figure it out. So I went looking at software. I went looking at opportunities and options. And uh, fortunately, I knew people that were in software and databases and were very creative. And I contracted with uh, actually my brother-in-law, and we built a billing system for this company in about a six-month period of time so that we could meet that obligation of being able to get twice as many bills out in less time. So that was my introduction to technology. 
fell in love with it. I knew that it could solve business problems. It was uh, where my passion was because I could see the solutions that it brought forward. And it was just a lot of fun. And that's kind of how I got started. I eventually moved from healthcare into software development and started my own business. It's been 10 and a half years now. So have you always been a bit of a natural fixing type, wanting to make solutions for people? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a problem solver, so I'm always looking for the solutions, as well as I'm kind of an efficiency nut, so I like to see things move quickly along, efficiently along, and so tying those together into software, we're always looking at improving your workflow, improving your business processes, making sure it takes you less time to do more work, and so it was just a natural fit for me to be able to both envision um, the problem as well as envision the solution and having programmers by my side that could actually bring that vision to life and bring that solution to life. So are you more of the programming type or the visionary business running? Yeah, type? I'm the business analyst side of that. So I, while I probably could program, you have to draw the line somewhere. And so I, while I am um, a data expert and I understand the logic of all that is happening, I don't actually do the programming. So I go out and I work with the businesses and I begin to understand what their needs are, what their issues are, what their problems are, and then I can envision the solutions for them. And then we take those back to the team and they actually start with a blank slate and, and put the code together to make it happen. So for Agile Northwest, are most of your clients from the Portland, Vancouver area? Where do you like to service and who is your best type of customer? Uh, we actually service customers all over. We are international. I have a customer in the Bahamas. So... Sounds like a good place to have a customer in that warm sunshine. You need to do some quality control and make sure everything's running well on the other end. Yes, don't yes. You? We've indicated we'll need to be on site uh, regularly for that client. But um, so we do have a large uh, base here in the Portland metro area down to Salem and Eugene. We do like to serve the local community. We like to be involved in our local community. We hire our, all of our developers locally. We don't outsource. We don't offshore. We want to impact our local community both with serving clients as well as having employees serve us um, in that. So so we have a lot of good clients right here in this area that we enjoy working with. Any good longtime staffers? Obviously, your brother-in-law seemed to be a pretty good start for you. But any people been with you for a long time you want to give thanks to? Yeah, I've got, um, you know, Tammy, my office manager. She worked with me in healthcare. Then uh, I, I left and went to the technology company. I eventually hired her over there, then uh, left there, and I started my own businesses and a business, and I brought her on with me, with me here, as well as uh, Grant and Chris have been with me for quite a while um, and just do a fabulous job in programming. And there's, there's been many people over the years that have just had a huge impact in our business, including my daughters who have worked for me and my husband who works for me. So we really are a family business. I love to hear that. And is it easy to take off the mom hat and put on the boss hat and vice versa? It was very interesting learning to work together. Um, and I think she would agree there was times she wished she could fire me as a boss and there was times I wanted to fire her as an employee. Um, but we, we stuck with it because we knew we both had something to contribute and our work together would contribute something great for Agile. So, But it's uh, it's an interesting process to get to learn to work with your with your family. And especially if one of you is driving the two of you. <laughs> Having a tough day, I'm sure. Well, and when you're both the drivers and D personalities, then you've got those those things as well. But but we really have had a great time, and they've contributed much to the business. And uh, it's just been fun having them. So has it been easy for you to balance being a wife and a mom and a business owner all at once? Well, when I was in the corporate world working for other people, no, it was all work and no play. And my kids were little and that was difficult. My husband, we did decide he would be at home more 
and he worked graveyard and I worked days. So we made it all work when we needed to. Um, but as I've learned over the last several years, it's really more about integration. Everything has to do with the Lord and what he's called us to do, both in stewarding our families and stewarding our businesses in stewarding the Christian chamber, if we're called to it, wherever we're called to be. And it's very important that that throughout our day and throughout our life, we're making sure we're paying attention to each one of those areas. And it's tough to keep those things balanced. But fortunately, Wendy has some great examples. In fact, when we return, I'd like you, Wendy, to elaborate on the book that you've written that collaborates your technological experience with your walk with Christ. Wendy Jones is a speaker, founder, president, CEO of Agile Northwest, Agile Business Services. Find out more information on their website, AgileNW.com. That's AgileNW.com, and you're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800 with Wendy Jones, speaker and also founder, president, and CEO of the business company Agile Northwest. She also is a founding member of the Christian Chamber of Commerce of the Northwest, where she is our current board chair, and we're just tickled to death because of your leadership, Wendy. So thank you for your ongoing heart of service and also your personality, which is very good at diffusing situations and getting to the point, but not in a way that's manipulative or negative. I think that's a rare balance that most people lack. So thanks for being Wendy Jones, Wendy Jones. Thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) And in addition to her technological experience, she's written a book to share her faith. It's called The God Port, Accessing God in Real Time. So rather than butcher the book description, would you like to share what led you to write this book in the first place? Because here you are, a successful wife, mother, business owner, board chair for the Christian Chamber. What on earth want, wanted led you to just go and add to your list in writing a book as well as that? Well, actually, the Lord said that I would write a book, and I argued with him for quite a while about that. I said, I don't have time to write a book. I'm not a writer. But uh, he was insistent, and he was grace, gracious in the process. And really, the book brought my two passions together, my passion for technology and my passion for the kingdom of God, into a book about hearing his voice. And it's really my journey. It was my journey for the last several years and learning to, you know, we were talking earlier about balance and stuff and really learning to spend time with the Lord, learning to hear his voice, getting to know him so I could recognize his voice above all others and hear him so that I could obey him. You know, I used to say, Lord, I'd be happy to obey if I just knew which voice was yours. And it was really a five-year journey of really learning to hear his voice. And the book is really about that journey, all in parables and technology terms. So can you give us an example of marrying technology with faith? Because a lot of people wouldn't think that's a natural fit. Right, right. Well, we talk about, you know, when we're on the computer, we talk about downloads and uploads. We're uploading files. We're downloading files. When we think about our communication with the Lord, it's really uploading and downloading, right? We're uploading our thoughts, our prayers, our concerns, our issues. The Lord is downloading if we stop and pause and listen. He's downloading his wisdom, his revelation, his strategies to us for our everyday life. And so, you know, while in uh, computer terms we're uploading and downloading data, we're doing the same with the Lord. We're uploading our heart and our soul and our experiences to him, and he's downloading his revelation and wisdom to us. So I wonder at this moment, after hearing this analogy, Wendy Jones, that you've placed in your book, The God Point, if anyone else is feeling like they've got a fiber optic line heading up and they've got a, a, a dial-up line coming down, maybe maybe 
gee, the distractions I'm putting yes. in my life that's preventing these downloads from the Lord from getting to me so clearly. Well, we talk about that, and we talk about one-way versus two-way communication, which is something else that we experience in computers. You can either send communications one way, or you can also receive them back. And, you know, there's firewalls and servers and lots of technical stuff we won't get into that keeps communication from going two ways. But the best communication that the Lord showed me is two-way communication, and that is that we have to be quiet, be still, and know that he is God, so we can hear the communication from him. And we talked about increasing our bandwidth and learning to hear more from him and being able to consume everything he gives us so that he can give us more so we can understand more of him and the knowledge of him. And so there's just a, a ton of parables in there about that because, you know, not a lot of us are fishermen or carpenters anymore, but we all use computers. We all use search engines. We all use unique URLs to get to the sites we want to get to. And the Lord really, that is a download from the Lord. That is an outpouring of my time with him, learning to hear his voice. I sat down in two sittings and wrote that book because he just downloaded it to me. He poured his heart out to me in technology terms about how to hear his voice. I was looking stuff up on Wikipedia. I was researching terms I didn't even know, and I'm in technology, and he's giving me all these protocols and ports, and it was just an incredible experience with him. We laughed. We cried. It was just a great time, and I didn't care if I sold one book. It was the time that I had with the Lord and being obedient to let him release that to me, that was just incredible. And I have sold a few books, so that's been good too. <laughs> well, the neat thing is it wasn't just for other people's benefit. It really seems like the whole process of being obedient to God and writing a book you didn't feel like writing in the God port brought you closer to him. Yes, yes. You know, and the book is based on Jeremiah 33.3, 3, call to me and I will answer you and teach you great and unspeakable things you do not know. So open your God port and call to God. That seems like a, a really good rallying cry for you. So do you have any good techniques that we can grasp easily in one hand when it comes to being able to shut off the world and have that silence so that we can hear the download better from the Lord? You know, it's a little bit different for everybody. So you have to understand that you're unique. Um, for me, at first, I had to stay awake in the morning because I was getting up really early, spending time with him, and I had to learn to stay awake. So I loved, you know, just walking around the office, dancing around the office, singing worship songs, just quieting myself to hear what he was saying to me, and then being able to sit before him and read his word and hear what he had to say to me. So we would, uh, we would sit together, and I had to learn to stop bringing my agenda to the meeting and let him bring his agenda to the meeting. What do you want to get accomplished today, Lord? What do you want to teach me today, Lord? What do you want to share with me today, Lord? And my questions went from prayer requests and asking him for answers to my issues to me really desiring to know his heart. And when I really could begin to desire to know his heart, what made him cry, what made him laugh, then my voices in my head, as I say, would quiet. The busyness in our heads would quiet, and we could really begin to hear him. The other thing I really had to start doing that I had not done was journaling. Someone told me, you need to journal, you need to write. And I thought, oh, I don't have time for that. But as you start journaling and asking the Lord or thanking the Lord and just speaking to the Lord and writing it down, he will start speaking back to you as you write it down. And it removes our mind out of the middle sometimes that kind of gets in our way. So as you begin to write things with the Lord, he'll begin to speak things back to you. And I'd go back and read my journals and he's speaking out words of wisdom and revelation and love and encouragement that I wouldn't necessarily hear if I hadn't journaled. So the journaling, I think, is real key. 
Have you been able to continue any of these practices since completing the book, The God Board? Yeah, I actually journal on my journals now, so I'm a journaling um, nutcase. So I journal, and then when I fill up a journal, I go back through it, and I look for those nuggets from the Lord, and I put those in a separate area. Some of them are visions for the future. Some of them are action items that I need to do then. Some of them are answers to prayer. I read back through it, and I go, oh, my gosh, I answered that prayer, that prayer, that prayer, and that prayer. So it's it's very um, encouraging to go back through and see your journal and see what the Lord's been speaking to you and then see what he's what he's calling you to in the future. So I continue to journal, and I actually go through and read my book again. There's That was from the Lord. It wasn't from me. So there are key things in there that will continue to encourage me and lift me up. And so, you know, if things aren't going the way I want them to, or if things aren't happening in my timing, you know, we have to trust the Lord's timing. There are some great nuggets in there that I go back. I've got highlighted, and I read, and the Lord reminds me, as if it was that first day I was writing the book when he downloaded it to me, his love for me. That's fantastic, Wendy. The Godport Accessing God in Real Time is the name of Wendy Jones's book. You can find out more information on her website, agilenw.com. And what do you prefer? Do you prefer wendyjones.com or wjservices.com? It seems like they go to the same place anyway. They do, but wendyjones.com, if you can remember to spell Wendy with an E, That's right. you That's can get my book there. N-D-E, jones.com. Yes. Wendy with no Y. Yes. And have you had any other ideas lately now that the book is done? What's going on with Agile Northwest, for instance? Well, we're working on a rebranding um, and new strategy. You know, the Lord tells us to write our vision down, write our mission down so that others can run with it. And so he's really been challenging us this last year to really um, look at our new mission and vision and where we're trying to go, write it down, carry a brand forward to do that. Think about how we can be more collaborative in our community, more collaborative in our teams, because it's really about completing each other, not competing with each other, which is different in the workplace than what people are used to. But we want to go work with other people that do the work that like we do. We want to extend our clients to other people so that we can produce a better product by collaborating with others in the community. So we're really expanding on our collaboration process. And that's really just um, from my heart, from the Lord of unifying the community. One of the things I love most about you, Wendy Jones, is the fact that your faith is 24-7. It's not the kind of thing where you're a, a Sunday churchgoer and then Monday through Saturday, you're this vile businesswoman whose practices go against this book of God that we're worshiping on Sunday. So when we return, I'd love for you to elaborate on the difficulties and the processes involved in running a kingdom business and how you can live things out in the marketplace and still be faithful to God. With our very special guest, Wendy Jones of Agile Northwest, more information on her website, agilenw.com. That's agilenw.com. And you're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Today's very special guest is Wendy Jones, the author of The God Port. In addition to that, and being the CEO of Agile Northwest, she is also the standing board chair at the Christian Chamber of Commerce of the Northwest. So before the break, Wendy, you and I were discussing how important it is to live our faith on an everyday basis in the marketplace. So what does that spell to you, and how did you get involved in the Christian Chamber in the first place? Maybe you could share some of the benefits of chamber membership. Absolutely. First of all, our very first meeting was here in the back conference room um, several years ago. Um, A friend of mine told me about it, and we showed up. We were excited to hear that there was a Christian chamber forming. Um, I think it's important for us to understand 
um, our role in the marketplace. You know, many, I, when I first started speaking, I would ask people in the room, how many here are in full-time ministry? And I would be in a group of business people and nobody would raise their hand. But if we can educate people, which is what the Christian Chamber really is about, educating people on their role in the marketplace as Christians, you know, we're all in full-time ministry. Wherever God has planted our feet, that is our ministry. My ministry is in the marketplace. You know, pastors' ministries are in the church and the community, and, and it's a wide variety. We need to be ministering to all the mountains of society, you know, in media, which is what you guys do. You guys are ministering in the media mountains. So it's important for us to understand that we're all in full-time ministry wherever God has placed us, and that's just as important for business people. And the Christian Chamber is really trying to educate and connect and encourage Christian business owners and Christian business workers so that they can carry out their faith in the marketplace, so they can take those God-given principles that we know, those biblical principles that we read and that we talk about, and apply them to what we do 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week or however long we spend in our, in our business world, so that when we do business, we do it with integrity and honesty. You know, that we're transparent one with another, that we're trying to build relationship, not tear down relationships. So we can take those biblical principles, apply them across the board in our business and be salt and light in the marketplace. And so that's really our role in the Christian Chamber is to encourage and educate and raise up those folks and let them know that it's okay to be in the marketplace. It's okay to be in business. It's okay to work all day, every day, and carry your faith into that, into that avenue because think of all of the people we're going to reach in the marketplace versus the amount of people um, that we reach in church on Sunday or at a Wednesday night Bible study. We're going out into the marketplace, into the largest group of people there are, and just modeling our faith and our love for Christ. And that says a whole bunch when people see that and see how we operate. So, Wendy, do you think that the mentality has changed at all? Because I remember growing up that the thought of you're a strong Christian on Sunday, but you live in the work world, I think that 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 fallacy came about. And I've had dear Christian friends who worked in, say, contracting or real estate management, and they wouldn't think twice of come Monday morning, Mm -hmm. dropping the F-bomb, uh laying into their staff and their coworkers or contractors. And the answer always came to, that's just what you do in my business. So do you think that the focus has shifted away from that excuse to having to own our own actions and, and words, even in the business place, not just everywhere else? Well, I hope so. I hope we're making inroads into that. I think part of that is getting people to understand that they model Christ at all times. And what people think about God and how much God loves us is based on what we do every day. And it's more based on what we do during those 40 hours than the few hours we spend at church. Mm. And so really being in that place where our life is the same everywhere we are and that we're acting in that place of integrity and honesty, whether we're dealing with a business partner, whether we're dealing with a client, or whether we're dealing with a children's group on Sunday that we get to, that we get to teach, that our behavior should be consistent and should apply the biblical principles and the Christ-likeness that we're supposed to carry in everything that we do. And I sure hope that that's changing. You and me both. I'd have to say, if there was one thing that I would love, I would love to see my kids say I was exactly the same as at home as I was everywhere else. I really, really hope that that's true. Yes. And I, in, a, in a positive sense. 
I, I think that that would be a good goal. And, um, you know, my girls have gotten to see me in both situations at home and at work. And they used to come to work with me on Saturdays when I worked in the corporate world. And they would come and spend the day with me um, there as well. And I think that that's, you know, because they see it through childlike eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Is daddy really the same yesterday as he was today when I came into the workplace? I think that's a great barometer for, for us measuring how well we're doing. So what resources is the Christian Chamber aiming toward now that will help us to get closer to reaching the goal of living out our faith in the marketplace with people of faith and with people who are not of faith, but being the best we can at whatever industry God's called us to? Right, right. We offer lots of educational events. Of course, we have lots of networking events and lunch and learns, and we bring speakers in to talk about the critical things that are going on in business. You know, with the healthcare plans changing this last year, we made sure we had people coming in talking about what that meant to business owners and what the rules would be so that we can be prepared in business because we are called to be good stewards in the business that we're in. But we also have conversations and education and speaking on um, applying the biblical principle. So Nehemiah Project, which I serve on their board as well, teaches biblical entrepreneurship. So what does God have to say about business? And what does the Bible have to say about business? And are we really applying those principles in our day-to-day life in our business? And so biblical entrepreneurship has become a mainstay course of uh, the chamber. And it, depending on your level of membership, you can receive those courses as part of your membership um, which are just really good in instilling the biblical principles that that we should have in our business. You know, I went through it. It was like drinking through a fire hose because, you know, on church on Sunday, we hear about how we should carry out our faith. We hear about certain things, but I didn't see or hear or learn what God had to say about business. And the Bible is full of God's plan for business. I mean, Jesus was a carpenter. You know, Paul was a tent maker. There's plenty of business going on throughout history in the Bible. And if we really open that up and look at it from a biblical perspective and a business perspective, it's incredible the amount of information that's in there for us as business owners. He really did give us a guide. God gave us a guide for all areas of our life how to raise our family, how to be good husbands and wives, how to be the virtuous woman at the city gates, how to do good business. He talks about planning and vision and preparedness and opportunities. So it's just a great way to get to know what God has to say about business and make sure we're applying those biblical principles within our business. And I don't have all Christians in my business. I have a a mix of people in my business and in my clientele and in my customers, but they all know I'll pray for them if there's something going on. I had customers calling me two weeks ago, please pray for me. I've got this situation coming up. So if we really model our belief in Christ and we really act on the biblical principles that God has taught us through his word, then we can make a difference in the marketplace. And that's just one of the many things that the chamber teaches on is that ability to um, apply those biblical principles. We've got transformational leadership teaches you how to be a good leader. There's just an incredible amount of education that we give through the chamber to um, equip business owners to do good works in the marketplace according to God's direction. So as the current running board chair of the Christian Chamber of Commerce, what's been the most satisfying aspect of that position for you, Wendy Jones? Well, you know, when the chamber first started years ago, Charlie Kenyon came to me and she said, all things being equal, wouldn't you rather do business as a Christian? And I really had to answer that question, no, because I've done business with Christians in the past and it hasn't been a good experience. 
Christians wanted to discount each other out of business. They all want a great deal. They don't want to pay for the excellence that we need to deliver. And many didn't deliver the excellence that God called us to. But now as we educate and as we've been in the chamber longer, then I think we're seeing a shift in that. And that is that people do want to do business with chamber members because of their code of ethics, because of the education they've gotten, and because of the things that they understand in the Bible that we need to bring forward and the excellence in which we need to do our work that God is glorified. And one of the aspects of the educational side that I'm very excited about is the addition of a new monthly luncheon in Salem at Broadway Coffee House. And you can find out more about things like Nehemiah Project and the Christian Chamber by going to its website. That's ChristianChamberNorthwest.com. That's ChristianChamberNorthwest.com. On board right now, it's Wendy Jones. She's the current board chair of the Christian Chamber, in addition to running Agile Northwest. Find out more about her business on building applications for the web and mobile devices at AgileNW.com. That's AgileNW.com. And you're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. I'm very pleased to have my dear friend Wendy Jones in the house, who not only is the CEO and founder of Agile Northwest Agile Business Services that focuses on building applications for mobile devices and for the web. She's also the author of The God Port, Accessing God in Real Time, founding member of the Christian Chamber of Commerce of the Northwest, where she's currently the board chair. And she also serves on the board of directors for the Nehemiah Project International Ministry. So the easy question for you, Wendy, is do you sleep? How do you do all these things? No, seriously. Uh, The Lord has taught me to rest more um, in the last couple of years. That's very important for us to rest both in a sleep uh, approach and a um, in just a relaxing and hearing his voice approach. But so, um, so, how do you turn it off? Are you able to do that? And to just be? Yes, it's hard though. I liked, I'm a producer. I get things done. So, you know, in my struggle with learning how to hear God's voice in my journey, that was the key thing was being able to turn all of that stuff off in my head and be able to really just sit and, uh, and uh, listen to the Lord and spend time with the Lord and not uh, have an agenda or a time frame. You know, we got two minutes to do this and four minutes to do this and eight minutes to do that. So mm-hmm. it, it takes practice. And it's tough, not only as a business person, but as a Christian business person, much less a female Christian business person. Because I don't know about you, Wendy Jones, but for me personally, a lot of the time, work as challenging as it can be is easier than the rest. Because you're getting dressed, you drive up to your pretty office with nicely dressed people who pat you on the back. Oh, thanks so much for helping me with this. Thanks so much for helping me with that. It's tougher going home. It's tougher going home trying to be a good husband and father and do the laundry without complaining because deep down inside i need to remember that my identity is not in my stuff my linkedin account or my business card but that it's in christ so with all this on your plate how are you able to focus on first and foremost you not being an author and speaker and director and business owner of agile northwest but of being a daughter of god how do you do that how do you focus on your one true identity Well, you know, um, the Lord called me to the scripture several years ago, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. And he really challenged me to test him on that. Seek first the kingdom. Seek my voice. Seek my presence. Seek being with me. Be still and know that I am God. And I will take care of the other things. 
And it's been interesting over the last several years to really stay focused on that. I get up early. I go to the office. I don't turn on my email. I don't turn on my computer. I open the word. I turn on praise music and I spend time with God. And it took me years to get past 15 minutes and then 30 minutes and then an hour and to get disciplined where I did that every day. And if we start our day with the Lord, which I tried to skip for years, you know, when the kids are grown, I can do that. When Mm. the business is stable, I can do that. You know, when I'm done doing this, then I can do that. And God really called me to a crossroads several years ago. And he said, spend time with me if you want the answers you're looking for. And so that's where it has to start, you know, and I tried to look for shortcuts of all that. And I'm sure others and listeners have probably done the same, but it starts with time with God in the morning, because the more we understand who he is, the more we can understand who we are in him. We can begin to understand how much he loves us. We can begin to understand our identity in Christ, our identity as his son, his daughter, his king, his priest his loved one, his friend, when we spend time with him. You know, if you want to get to know someone, how do you get to know them better? You spend time with them. You read things that they've written. You go where they go. You visit with people that know them. God is calling us to that kind of relationship with him. If you really want to understand who you are, understand who I am. Understand my son and what he's done for you. And you can begin to see your identity your potential, your heavenly persona, as a good colleague of mine called it one time, your heavenly persona. See, we have a tendency to look at ourselves through our own paradigms, through our own lenses, through the things that people have said about us, through the things that we've been taught over the years, through the experiences we've been through, good and bad. But God sees us as the predestined chosen person that he knit together in our mother's womb. That's how God sees us all the time. And if we can begin to spend more time with him and begin to just see ourselves in that persona, in that light, how God sees us, we can begin to think that the promises in his word are true. We can get through the day, whether it's easy or hard. We can get through our work. We can be home and be relaxed and enjoy our time with our family and our kids and our spouses and do the work that needs to do and write the book that needs to be written and, you know, join the nonprofits that need to be joined so that we can bring that kingdom um, education to other people where God's called us to be. But it starts with us really beginning to understand who we are in Christ. You know, and several years ago, I lost who I was in Christ. You know, I began to believe the lies that were told to me. I was hanging out with the wrong people in the wrong crowd doing the wrong things. This was after you know, being valedictorian in my class, graduating with 4.0s, starting work when I was 15, doing all the right things for years, voted most likely to succeed, finished college in three and a half years with a double major. I was well on my way to success. And then I began to hang out with the wrong people. I began to spend time with the people I shouldn't begin to spend time with. And I began to believe the lies of who they said I was. And I lost myself. And I lost that identity that I had in Christ of who he thought I was. And, you know, we self-destruct after that. When we can't really grasp a hold of that love that the Father has for us, and we lose sight of that, no matter where we are, what we're doing, what situation we're in, it only gets worse. And I know over the years that, you know, when we sin, when we make mistakes, it's our shame that pushes us away. But it should be the time that we run to God. 
because he'll love us anyway. He'll pick us up. He'll brush us off. He'll tell us he loves us, and we'll continue to move forward. So we've got to hold on to who we are. We are his beloved. We are his children. We are heirs to the inheritance of the kingdom of God. There is nothing that we can't do in Christ. And if we can hold on to that, believe these promises, then the rest gets washed away. So as another parent, in our last minute or so, Wendy, what would you have to tell this generation? Because I firmly believe that there is nothing new under the sun. However, to seek God and his kingdom first means that we've got to shut the world off. And in my eyes, especially with the Internet, Instagram, social media, it seems like my kids' generation is getting a lot more of those negative voices mm-hmm. in their lives rather than hearing from God. Any good advice? Well, first and foremost, we are watchmen for our children, right? So we are called to pray for our children and entrust the Lord with them. And I had to do that years ago. You know, we're stewards of our children, just like we're stewards of our businesses. So first and foremost, we are praying for them day and night, that God will get a hold of them, that God will speak to them, that they will run to God, not from God. And secondly is I think we model. We model our love for the Lord. We model our love for them. We model Christ-like behaviors, forgiving them, loving them, encouraging them, letting them know they can do whatever they put their heart to, and setting that example for them. When we fall, we talk about our mistakes. We talk about how we got there so they can see that part of us, and we, be trans- and we need to be transparent so that they know that we're not perfect. They don't have to be perfect, but God is always there for us to love us and to forgive us. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Wendy Jones of Agile Northwest. You can find out more about Wendy, the Christian Chamber, and The Godport, her book, Accessing God in Real Time, when you go to her website, wendyjones.com. That's W-E-N-D-E, jones.com. Thanks for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800.